You're listening to DevOps and Docker Talk, a podcast hosted by me, Brett Fisher. I'm a DevOps online course creator, consultant, and a Docker captain. This podcast contains clips from my weekly YouTube live show, where I host a real-time Ask Me Anything style chat with guests and anyone who shows up on YouTube chat, many of whom are students of my Docker courses. You can find out more information, including show notes for this episode at brettfisher.com slash podcast. That's B-R-E-T-F-I-S-H-E-R dot com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I have a great chat with Darren Shepard, who is the co-founder and chief architect at Rancher Labs. You probably know them from making, well, Rancher. We also talk about K3S, K3OS, Rancher OS, Rio, K3V, basically a bunch of projects they've launched in the last few years around Kubernetes. And we had a fun little chat about it, and I hope you enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Manning Publications, an independent publisher of top-quality books and videos for software developers. Publishing since 1993, Manning's books are written by the experts, such as community leaders, distinguished academics, and technology creators. When you're learning from Manning, you're learning from the best. Manning has books on Docker and DevOps topics, including bestsellers like Docker in Action, which, in fact, I've had the authors of Docker in Action on this podcast a few months back, and I was impressed by the amount of quality content they were able to shove into just one book. So I definitely recommend it. I've got a Manning coupon for you for 40% off your first order. So go to manning.com and use the code poddocdev19 at checkout. That's P-O-D-D-O-C-D-E-V-19 at the checkout to get 40% off your first order. You don't have to memorize that right now, though. Just remember that you can get this coupon and the other show notes for this episode, number 47, at podcast.brettfisher.com slash 47. On to the show. Darren Shepard, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for thanks for showing up. I pre- really am excited to have you on. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit nervous because uh, I've seen you so for many years putting out great products and uh, you've been an instrumental part of the container ecosystem. And uh, it's just great to have a conversation with you. And we'll, we're going to do it live on the internet. So why not? Um, in case yeah. you don't know about Darren, he's, uh, in case you haven't seen I Build the Cloud on Twitter or if you haven't seen one of his many videos from all the different conferences he talks at or the other podcasts he's been on because he's, he's everywhere. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background on him. He's the co-founder and chief architect at Rancher Labs. Uh, prior to Rancher, he was a senior principal engineer at Citrix where he worked on CloudStack, OpenStack, and Docker and built the next generation of infrastructure orchestration technology. He specializes in building systems to reliably control completely unreliable systems. I love that. <laughs> reliably control completely unreliable systems. <laughs> which is basically the internet, and is happiest when he's banging away at anything but Java. And where you'll see his little Twitter handle down there, so I recommend following him because he's constantly talking about container stuff that he's working on, and you never know when you're going to find like the next big rancher thing that he just happens to drop on Twitter some random weeknight or something. So, yeah. <laughs> like, our first... I'll just go to the first topic. This is exactly how I found out about... Uh, K3S is like one day you just kind of went on Twitter and said, Hey, I have this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well that, that was actually the, the kind of the, the birth of K3S was it was never actually intended to be uh, like a, a product or a project that was like a first class thing. It was more of, I built it as a side effect of working on Rio mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, some people just because everything we do is at Ranchers open source and everything I do, it's always it's up on my my GitHub and people just kind of notice things. And some some people notice K3S, what I was doing, and they're like, hey, that that seems interesting. So I kind of put it up on Twitter and said, hey, anyone else interested in this? And uh, I was I was quite surprised how many people you know thought it was interesting. So it's like actually after I got kind of like an initial interest in K3S from from Twitter, then that's when I kind of decided, well, hey, maybe we should turn this into a first class thing and actually turn it into a proper Kubernetes distribution and and everything. And and then, you know, it was just a couple months later then we actually yeah. made like a real announcement of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. The company yeah. made the announcement instead of you on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's I mean that's that's how kind of most of the stuff works is like, you know, if you want to have an idea of what Rancher is gonna announce in another, you know, six months or so, just kind of follow me on Twitter because I usually I really I mean I hate the idea of like the last thing we wanted, like the last thing I ever want to do is like work on something behind closed doors for like six months to a year and never get user feedback. So it's like, I love putting things out there just completely raw, um, just seeing what people think and get some feedback. And, and, and then once it's more baked then, you know, then we turn it into a product or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I mean, you know, the internet, the internet will give you their opinion. So yes, (laughs) there's no shortage of that. (laughs) Um, so let, well, so for those that don't know, let's back up and talk about, uh, let's talk about Rancher first. Cause I think that if people don't know about K3S, they may not know about Rancher. So, yeah. uh, what, so Rancher Lab is the company, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Rancher's a product. Yeah. So like, yeah, sometimes that, that can be confusing. It helps us. It hurts us. I don't know from marketing. Um, the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like Rancher Labs and then our, our main product, basically the pretty much the only thing we really sell is Rancher is the, so um, Rancher is a company we've been around for uh, a little over four, four or about four years, I think. Yeah. About, about four years. Um, so we got started just a little bit after kind of Docker came on the scene. Um and so we've just we've been there since kind of the beginning of Docker and containers, um, and now we're heavily into Kubernetes. But so Rancher is a company, just kind of the overall. We just try to are trying to help people more easily use uh, containers and Kubernetes. And um, you know, if, if that's the one thing you can think of, kind of what Rancher is like as a brand or whatever, is like we just really try to make things easy. Um, but so we sell like our main product is is Rancher, which is a a multi-cluster management platform. So it's designed to manage Kubernetes clusters wherever you have them. If they're, um, you know, a cloud distribution like GKE or AKS or EKS, like, or if it's your own version of, of Kubernetes or it's our distribution. We have our own distribution called RKE. Um, so it's it's a management platform. It makes it really easy to stand up Kubernetes clusters or you can import existing ones. You can manage the authentication, the authorization, deploy monitoring and logging. And, and it just really helps you just end to end, you know, uh, end to end with Kubernetes. And so uh, you know, it's 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 100% open source. Like the way we work as a company is, we just sell uh, support for the for the open source product. So the you know if you are like one of our actual customers, you're running basically the same open source code. So it's all available as open source. You can run it. It's extremely easy to get up and running. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, so that's that's kind of like the the core of what Rancher is as a company. And then. You know, some of the other things, you know, we'll talk about today is in kind of the beginning half of this year, we launched a bunch of uh, new projects. 
So it's like Rancher, our current product we're selling, we announced that like that was a year and a half ago about. Um, but like, you know, starting the beginning of this year, we've kind of had this this role of new projects that we've been announcing and we just have so much in the pipeline of, of what we're doing. Yeah. And so K3S was one of them. Yeah. yeah and and uh, this is all centered around Kubernetes is like the backbone, right? Like of all right, these technologies. Yeah. Yeah, so we, when we started, we were um, like, we had a, a product, uh, it's Rancher 1.6 is our kind of our legacy product, and it's extremely popular. Um, and that one was focused, it supported Docker and Mesos and Kubernetes um, and, you know, multiple orchestrators. When we went to Rancher 2.0, we just 100% focused in on Kubernetes. Um, and so, you know, that that's kind of where we are is just, uh, you know, focused on getting making Kubernetes the most most usable possible for people. Right, which is uh, key. I, I think um, I think we talk a lot about on this show is, you know, usability. And I come from a sysadmin background, so I, uh-huh. uh, I've i dabbled in development my whole career, but I always talk about that I'm a, uh, I'm a wannabe developer because I, I'm rarely paid for my development skills. I'm usually paid for my operator skills. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and so, but, but being, you know, being in both those camps is what, what allowed me to, you know, do DevOps before it was called DevOps, right? Like when we all understood yeah. that we just needed to increase deployment t- speed and all that stuff. And we knew we had to automate basically. And um, so a lot of people that come into my workshops and come into this uh, as students, you know, you get all backgrounds, but there's a really large increasing number of those over time that are the operators, the sysadmins that are trying to figure out these tools that were more designed sometimes for developers than they were operators, right? right. And and yeah. it can be really challenging, I think, when you know they're they're new to YAML, <laughs> they're new they're new to to automation in general. They're maybe coming from a background that's more traditional infrastructure, where it's a lot of button clicking, and um, right. Right. and so it can be a, it just Kubernetes itself is a huge uphill battle. And I I, I love the idea because uh, I can remember when I read that tweet from you on K3S and it, of course, like everybody, it's like, we took us a minute to inter- figure out what you were talking about. <laughs> and yeah. I looked into it and I started understanding and I was like, okay, this is what a lot of people need out of Kubernetes. And, and someone told me, it's, uh, tell me if this is true. Someone told me at DockerCon that in your talk, you were, you were trying, you were saying something about, you were trying to make Kubernetes as easy as Swarm or something like that. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was like when I was talking to people on Twitter about this, I, I I was kind of asking people, I'm like, I'm like, hey, what if we had a, you know, it's like you had like the power of Kubernetes, but it was as easy as Swarm. Like, do we, you know, is it possible to actually package up Kubernetes in like that same simple Swarm uh, approach? And so I really, what what I did with K3s it takes a lot of inspiration from Swarm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm really a, I'm a huge fan of a lot of the the interface and user experience that that Docker has done, um, and so I would love to be able to, you know, and you see this reflected in a lot of our products, and and you'll see this even in, in Rio. Um, we talk about that a little later. That that you know, I'd I'd love to bring more of that user experience that Docker's done such a great job on into the Kubernetes world, into the the larger Kubernetes ecosystem. So, for sure, I I do give credit to um, you know, like taking a lot of inspiration from Swarm in from uh, when we put together K3s. Yeah, I think um, I mean that's one of the great parts of just I mean software in general, but uh, especially open source is that we're you know we don't necessarily have to take code from other projects, but these ideas of you know one-liners that aren't 
littered with tons of options or yaml that yeah, you can yeah. actually deploy that's less than 100 or 100 or 200 lines and it's not uh, it's not 3000 yeah. lines right yeah uh, exactly <laughs> yeah and and i mean that's um it's a real challenge too because i think uh we're constantly trying to figure out uh unopinionated like i would argue that you know swarm is a very opinionated orchestrator kubernetes comes out of the box totally unopinionated and i feel like the distros uh, this is one of the things I say. I don't even know if it's true, but I feel like the distributions of Kubernetes are the more that they try to get a little opinionated, the easier and better they get for those people that want that particular distribution. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. And this was, you know, this was because, you know, for anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that like I'll complain about things quite a bit. I get frustrated with technology, and and I'll you know I'll be vocal and kind of complain about the complexities and the difficulties of Kubernetes and how hard it is to to get set up and all those things, whatever. But I also appreciate the fact that like Kubernetes, the core Kubernetes is not opinionated, and that's I think probably one of the reasons why it's so successful is because it's not opinionated, and I don't think it's the core you know, the, their responsibility to be opinionated. They just kind of basically need to produce the best technical assets. And then K3S, you know, where we're in distribution, we have the ability to then introduce an opinion. Um, and if it, you know, makes sense for our users, it makes sense. If it not, there's plenty of other options. Like, so um, I think it's really a nice a nice balance that that, yeah. that exists, that we can, we have the ability to do that. And so it's like K3S, we just tried to, I don't know, you know, just kind of our experience of, of running Kubernetes for these year, years or whatever, just kind of put it together in what we think is the most practical way it's going to hit, you know, the more than 80% use cases. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's what we've done with it. Yeah, I think it's great. And um, it's, I mean, what you said only six months, right, or something like that, that uh, it's been an actual project or something. Yeah, it hasn't really been that long. It seems much longer because it's been like it's been pretty crazy since we once since we launched it. The uh, the um, you know it, it got picked up so quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it hasn't really been along around that that long. And and for people who are interested, um, we are gonna have a you know we're like we're really really focused on producing like the GA production quality because like right now we still say it's you know, kind of like beta, yeah. although plenty of people are putting it in production. Um, it is still just upstream Kubernetes. Like it's still, it's Kubernetes, so it's not. Um, but we are, we are by the, you know, before the end of the year, we're going to have a, you know, kind of like the 1.0 of K3S. Um, yeah, and I, and I just saw here uh, the certified Kubernetes label. One of my questions was actually going to be, were you going to go try to, were you going to go for being a certified distribution, but it looks like you already are. So, yeah, yeah. And that was, well, that was one of the things was, was, um, you know, we actually, uh, we were certified on day one, like when we first announced it, like announced it as a company, cause that was like our, our idea was that, uh, we didn't want, like, we just want to make Kubernetes easier, but we don't want to make it different i mean it's like we we still want it to just be kubernetes because that's kind of the the beauties of plugs into this huge ecosystem but if we can make it easier to install um and and run and manage and everything so yeah so on day one we were actually uh when we like actually officially announced the project we were we were certified um and we actually part of our ci process we consistently we run the end-to-end tests um yeah it, so yeah yeah you know, that's cool. And um, 
it and yeah, one of the things that I don't know if you, if you mentioned this or not, but one of the things you're doing is you're you're making it easier by taking out things that are rarely used or unnecessary in in a lot of cases, and then you're adding in sort of functionality that we almost all we already need already. And like, is that kind of how it's? Because I, I see the list yeah. here; it's like, like a nice little removes and adds list on. Yeah, and so what we what we found out, so we we were we removed a bunch of stuff because basically we effectively we wanted it to be a smaller footprint. Um, and and what we're finding actually with a lot of the stuff that we removed is we're really figuring out what what has made the biggest difference because we don't want to remove things, you know, like as much as possible. We don't want to we don't want to have to like um, you know drop certain features or whatever because we wanted to still just be regular Kubernetes. So we mostly focused on the biggest things that you'll see uh, for K3s that are removed is the cloud drivers and the storage drivers. And the reason why we remove these is both of these things are being pushed um, outside of Kubernetes that you can install them through a CSI plugin or an external cloud provider. And these two components add just a substantial amount of weight to Kubernetes. Um, and so we remove those things. Um, but what's, I think, a little bit more interesting is the stuff we actually added to it, and it's how we package it. Um, and so one of the... the one of the the key things that we've we've actually done is because we target, you know, we're very we target kind of the the smaller use case, um, because it is K3s is very popular in the in the edge use case or ARM devices and whatnot. Is we've actually replaced or made uh, besides etcd, you can continue to use etcd, but you can also use SQLite or MySQL or Postgres as your backend uh, storage. Um, so the SQLite backend is extremely lightweight. That cuts out a lot of memory, a lot of footprint. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so it's like when we built K3S, we uh, we initially marketed it towards Edge because we thought that was a real business use case because we have real demand for that. We have cut, you know people you know yeah. kind of want to pay us for that. Um, but then what we saw is after we announced K3S, it immediately got picked up for development because it was just smaller and lighter. And so we're seeing people preferring to run K3S on their laptop over um, Docker for Mac or Minikube um, just because it's a little lighter weight. And there's this great project that that popped up. This like I had nothing to do with this. This was actually just purely community, but we kind of adopted it as like official rancher thing. But it's really just a community project called K3D which is a wrapper around K3S to quickly spin up uh, K3S clusters in Docker. So if you have you know, Docker for Mac or Docker for Windows already installed and you install K3D, I mean, like in a, it's literally just a couple seconds you get a Kubernetes cluster like up and running. And you can launch multiple clusters. You can launch clusters at multiple nodes. Um, it's really quite a cool tool for development. And so we're seeing that, that tool for development is just like taking off uh, quite, quite rapidly. Yeah, and I think um, more ways, more. I mean, uh, Docker for Mac and Docker for Windows are great, but it doesn't fit every use case, and you you don't um, you don't always have Docker for Mac. Or you don't always have Mac or Windows. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, whenever we talk about Docker for Mac and Docker for Windows with anyone at Docker, uh, the next question we're going to get the question: Hey, when you're going to have Docker, the Docker GUI management thing for Linux? And mm -hmm. um, all the engineers want to build it, but the the customer demand is, I guess, lower and low enough that they can't justify it to the product management. So I, I, I found K three D on GitHub. I think this is the right. Yeah, one. yeah. So it's just a GitHub. Yeah. So there you go. That's it's just a GitHub page right now. We don't have a site set up forever. Yeah. And this is actually this is just managed by um, 
uh, some community community members, um, and they they do a great job at this. Um, we're hoping right. to oh. to to be able to like actually rancher itself put put more effort into this project. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I, we're I'm putting together. I'm working with uh, Jerome Pedazzoni. I don't know if you know who, him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're working together on a Kubernetes course we're launching later this year. And we're actually getting ready to update my first course, which was Docker Mastery with a Kubernetes section because it just it keeps growing. The original course, we keep adding more and more to it years later. And, um, you know, a large part of it was okay, we need to, all the different ways people would want to have Kubernetes for learning it, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we're going to have people that want to use Docker and desktop, Docker, you know, Mac and Windows because they already have it. And we're going to have people that are um, on Linux and they're going to want to know that easy setup. And if they're on Ubuntu, Ubuntu maybe it's, uh, you know, micro K8s or uh, mini, mini Kubernetes or uh, like there's, so, there's a lot of options, right? And then if they don't, maybe they're, I've had people in my workshop on an iPad and I don't know what <laughs> convinces them that that's a good idea, but they show yeah, up with yeah. an iPad and I'm like, okay, well now you're going to use uh, you know, uh, play with Kubernetes or something like that on yeah, a web yeah, browser. Yeah. So um, I'm excited that you know, if we, the easier we can make it, right? If it, if it's a one liner, if it's just a couple of lines, like I'm a fan of it because um, uh, the the challenge is is not usually for people learning it to learn every possible Kubernetes command. It's usually like, yeah. okay, how do I do the eighty twenty rule, the twenty percent of things that everybody needs to do? How do I do that in Kubernetes? So. Um, you know, if it can do that, that's great. And it sounds like you've got all the all the key components in there. At first, I was unsure. I was like, okay, well, what doesn't work? And if it's so small, then why isn't it all the distributions this way? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so th- there are some things. I mean, the main things is the because we kind of feel like the the cloud providers like GKE or EKS or whatever. The, I mean, there's there's not a, st- a strong reason to not use those those products. Um, yeah. If you want w- more control, but just kind of over time, they'll probably just get better and better. And so we we really focus with K3S of just kind of running it in other ways that are not necessarily going to be your large cloud scale deployment. And so um, right now, just tons and tons of people are using it for um, like dev CI because it's so small and it's so easy to launch. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, found a nice use case there. Um, but then also the edge use case, um, you know, on Raspberry Pis, it's like, you know, I, I don't think there's really at this point, I don't think there's an easier way to run Kubernetes on on ARM than uh, than with K3S. Yeah, and that was one of the questions we had in chat was, does K3S work on Raspberry, Por- Raspberry Pi 4? Yeah, yeah. And so um, there's a lot of great blogs. So Alex from OpenFaz has put together a lot of great blogs on how to run, um, uh, I think, you know, some on just K3S, but also OpenFAS, but he usually uses K3S, but he's just got a lot of like good material for Kubernetes and and um, running on Raspberry Pis, so. Yeah, Alex, uh, I'm a fan of Alex. Actually, he's gonna, we're talking now about being back on the show here uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, he's talk- AlexLS.io is his website and has, when anyone gives me a Raspberry Pi question, I send them to Alex's website or to the, uh, hyperpilot hyper. Uh, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was I like, I period. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Alex is uh, a big fan of, uh, pies and does a lot of cool stuff with it. Um, and yeah, several, several of the Docker captains, captains are big Raspberry Pi peoples too. So, and in fact, yeah. I was pulling up your Twitter cause I saw the, the, it looks like the 3d print version of, uh, 
the uh, the rancher logo, and yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Is that uh, is it, can somebody get get that? Is that downloadable? Uh, no, they're not. They're not available to purchase. We, we so uh, but Mark so Mark Abrams um, he is one of our uh, uh, let's see field field engineers had put that together. So he three he designed and three printed that whole thing, and he brings that to a bunch of. Uh, uh, demos and conferences and we have a whole bunch of them and i think we're trying to figure out how to you know to to kind of make them more in mass to get to give them to people not yeah. really our expertise but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, true uh, true but it's, yep maybe yeah. it's at the booth it's, right like if you get to the booth yeah. and you say i'm a fan of raspberry pies they uh they they pull it out from underneath the booth and they uh they, yeah. they give it to you that would be cool I've, I've got about six of those actually on my on my on my uh, desk at, at work here. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So if you put all six of those together into uh, a cluster, then it would be, you would have your cattle, right? So you, yeah, you'd have a yeah, ranch exactly. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> this is my ranch. It's not a cluster anymore. It's my ranch. Uh, Cause yeah. I love, I love all the, uh, the, the cowboy references. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, so when we, the, the funny thing when we started the company, it was, you know, there was Docker and, you know, Docker's a whale. And, and so like, everything at that time was like whale like like everything was aquatic related yep. and even kubernetes is is a ship in the water and so yep. we're just like we want something completely opposite <laughs> like what's you know, so we're, we're, we're gonna be cows and in, in a right. you know, ranch Cat. or farms yeah and it was great cows or uh bird watching like that yeah. maybe maybe that would be the but with with yeah. ranching you get all sorts of like you can get people instead of the red hat from red hat you know the yeah. uh, fedora you can you can p- pull out cowboy i mean there's so many opportunities you could like you could dress like a cowboy yeah. uh you could play old town road like the the new uh hit so song have, this year <laughs> we have a really enthusiastic user group in japan that, that look, likes to do this horn thing um and they're like they're just great so like you know we have like some of the best users in Japan. All right. Well, I'm going to look for that uh, Old Town Road remix rancher style from Japan because that'll be – oh, it's, it's going to guarantee – they got to be synchronized dancing though. It's got to be synchronized. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, okay. So we've got a bunch of other stuff to go through. Uh, I want to just get people sort of the highlights of some of the other cool projects uh, you all are working on. So we started with Rancher, which is I'm, – I'm just going to make sure I get this right. Rancher is a way to – Deplo- build and deploy and manage multiple Kubernetes clusters and also deploy Kubernetes applications through a, a GUI and, and also, also has a command line, right? Like it has a... Yeah, yeah. 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 And exactly. then K3S yeah. is the lightweight distribution that's not yet integrated with Rancher, right? Yeah, so it's not yet. So in our, in our, in our next, like... It'll be coming out kind of next year. It'll get fully integrated into the product and... and um, yeah, like the, all the projects that we're, that we're talking about today, everything's going to get rolled into the product um, in some pretty exciting ways. But yeah, that's, that's all in the pipeline. That's yeah, pretty we cool. Have, we actually, so K3S is our lightweight distribution. That's getting a lot of traction right now. We already have a distribution called RKE, which is like the full enterprise-grade one that, that's also um, fairly popular. And also, it's, it's pretty easy to install, too, but it's just, it's not really, you know, it's kind of not on the same same level as K3S. Yeah. No. What is it when you do? Because I know I'm not completely up to speed on the to to the date, but you don't yet have multi master. Correct. Setup, right? Yeah. So, um, well, so technically we have. So the thing is, is we have right now. Um, 
you can run the K3S in a kind of a manual HA way, but that's never, so that means like setting up multiple masters um, with an etcd on the back end and a load balancer probably on the front. So it is technically feasible to do it, but that's not kind of what we would like to see for HA. It's like, I want HA to be more like Swarm, or just like yeah. a little bit like more magical and it just works. So, so while it is technically feasible to do that, most of our users are still just running K3S as a single master uh, because that's the simplest way and, and it's up and running. And so before we GA, by the end of the year, we'll have the multi-master set up working and that um that one should end up being uh like we, we really are, we're putting a lot of effort into like just making it like as simple as possible um very similar to kind of how swarm works yeah um, that that yeah. is um in fact one of the one of the challenges of swarm so i'm a big swarm fan uh yeah and uh largely from the fact that it was so easy to use, and I knew that like the the consulting clients and the people that I was working with, that's what they needed to get started with, right? They, for them to go from zero to a hundred, like I just learned containers to now I'm deploying Kubernetes. Like I knew that was a huge jump for them, and I felt like right. we needed yeah. something else to get them started, right? And obviously, there's been lots of other orchestrators that are easier than uh, Kubernetes, and but I was kind of I was hoping, and it still seems to be the case that Docker is maintaining it, keeping it updated, so that it uh, it can still be that entry point for someone who's already got Docker installed, right? But um, yeah. I, I I I was hoping, and I was. You know, I feel like K3OS or K3S rather, because I'm staring at the K3OS webpage, which is the next topic. Uh, yeah. K3S is like, uh, I hope that it's going to end up being that gateway to the full, you know, like maybe it is then just a distribution that everybody uses. And I was talking with um, a couple of people in the captain's program when we were at DockerCon and it was actually before your talk. I didn't even know your talk was happening. And I was saying, I wonder if this new K3S project will end up being a preferred distribution for the solo DevOps, which is um, like, I'm, I try to be a champion of solo DevOps because there's so uh -huh. many people out there that there's, they've already got a full-time job and they're sort of, sort of given the, well, you were good enough at that, what you're doing now, we're just going to make you be the person who deploys and manages the servers too. And yeah. um, typically whenever I'm doing a talk, there's a quarter of the room that I get to raise their hands and say, they're the only person responsible for deploying into their infrastructure and managing their infrastructure, which is a yeah. whole thing that we didn't have a decade ago. Like that was, you typically had to hire a full-time sysadmin or at least consult, get a consultant in or something. And so the challenge is uh, like, we've got to, for those people, I feel like we've got to make these tools easier. And that's what I think yeah. I got the most excited about. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So our our, I mean, I I love that that user. So I'm I'm a developer. So I'm like I'm I'm a you know developer who you know tries to act as an operations person, but I'm terrible at it. Um, so the, but that that type of individual is like I don't know, like that's kind of the the audience that I love. I love, and so when we built our first version, like Rancher, our 1.0 product, which supported Docker. It was very popular among that community, mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, and it, I, you know, I kind of, I, you know, I, I love that kind of that user, or whatever. And then as Kubernetes got popular, and we went to Rancher 2.0, you know, we've had incredible success with Rancher 2.0 and Kubernetes with enterprise and these larger companies. Um, but I do feel like the users kind of got left behind um, in these these smaller dev shops or the you know the single kind of the single DevOps. Yeah. Uh, guy and and that that just really bought so i i really do hope that that k3s can become that, that solution um 
and so it, it is important to me. Yeah, yeah, that is a super cool. Yeah, so the multi master is exciting to me because I wasn't at first. I wasn't tripped. That was in scope. You know, when you started when it, when it actually got like the official web page and stuff because it was. Yeah. it went from the Skunk Works project to the okay, this is a company project. We're gonna we're gonna do this thing, and um, yeah. and I know multi master. You know. Uh, I, I, there's way too many clusters out there with a single master and, and it makes me sad. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And of course, I mean, you know, for those of you listening, like if you're already in a cloud, just use the cloud product. Like if, you, if you're just getting started, <laughs> it doesn't mean yeah. you have to build your own servers. Like I know as a sysadmin, yeah. it's like developers want to make their own code to make, do the thing that already exists. And for sysadmins, we want to build our own servers to do the thing that already exists. But if you, if you can get approval and get the budget, like, you know, do the managed thing if you can. So, so you don't have to sweat all this. Yeah. And I also, like, I think it's great too, like uh, DigitalOcean. I think like they have, you know, th- these days it's like, it's, I mean, it's so simple to use DigitalOcean to spin up Kubernetes yeah. too. That, like even for a developer, it's like, that's a lot of times your best option. But, but there's still, you know, it's like, I, you know, since I'm a developer and an architect, I like, I really, really like the architecture of Kubernetes internally, how it's structured. Um, I just kind of see the power of it. And so it's like, well, I want to be able to take Kubernetes and put it into other places besides just the big clouds or whatever. And so, yeah. you know, I've always just been playing around with this technology, just like, how do we get it into different places? So it's like, you know, that, that, op, you know, that, you know, um, the, it's great that you can get managed Kubernetes, but that's not going to work at the edge. You know, right. How do I run it? You know, so it's like, yeah. you know, things like, things like that. So I think there's still a huge, huge reason to have distributions like K3S, but I'm also uh, pretty, I'm an advocate for the cloud stuff. It's like, you know, just use it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Hence the the uh, Twitter handle. So yeah. <laughs> the so the K3S, which was yeah. this mini distro, seems like it led to these other projects that it enabled. And one of those we haven't talked about yet is K3OS. Yeah. And and I now I know about Rancher OS because and I think a lot of people a common question I get from students is. If I'm deploying containers, should I also deploy container OS as if like that is the thing that will make the containers better? Um, and my answer has always been, uh, if you're new to containers, don't sweat a container OS because that, Correct. Yeah. you know, if you've got five servers, a container OS probably isn't going to give you a lot of win. It's just going to be a lot of new that you're going to have to learn. Um, and then wait until you're really, really comfortable with containers and you you know what you're doing and you're automated a lot of things and then go for that OS. Uh, would you agree with that or do you have a different opinion? Yeah, yeah. Or? No, I, I totally agree. And and that was, um, yeah, I mean, I would say the, the kind of the same thing. It's just, you know, how many problems do you want to tackle at once? You know, the the idea with Rancher OS was Rancher OS is just 100% Docker. That's all you can do is run Docker containers. So if you're actually a more mature container user and you've moved to a purely containerized model, then why do you need the underlying OS? But most users aren't, you know, most users, that's not where they start. So it's like, don't just start with a container distribution. Um, you're just going to cause a lot more problems for you. So it's it's really farther down the maturity, you know, kind of life cycle, I would say. So I think that's that's the right approach. Yeah. And so you started with RanchOS, like you said. So I'm glad you defined that. It, it's meant to run Docker. Um, yeah. And then the K3 distri- mini distribution essentially, I guess, spun out the idea that you, you thought, Okay, now we need an OS for this. <laughs> yeah, and so well, so what happened is is um, because we started looking at this as edge devices, but edge devices, um, you're not 
you know, it's like, okay, well, like uh, now I can push software down there and I can manage it with, with containers, but still, what do I do with the OS? And so we wanted a, a, like a full stack management of how do we actually you know, manage the whole device for the edge. And so that's where K3OS came because, you know, really the way that we package K3S is we actually kind of have a mini Linux distro in there. We actually have BusyBox. We have a full user space that people aren't actually aware of, like, um, because there's zero OS, there's zero user space dependency of K3S. So if I want to run K3S in an operating system, technically I just need a kernel, it, you know, and the, the the boot system, you know, somehow to boot it yeah. up. And But so, so K3OS was just a way of like, well, what's the minimum we actually need for the OS so that we can fully manage this. So this is something that's going to be very, very heavily oriented towards um, edge. You're like, you know, we'll, we'll probably have AMIs for the cloud available, but that's not like the target use case. This is more for, um, you know, ARM devices or like nooks, uh, you know, li- little in- Intel boxes, you know, sitting in a, like a factory or a branch or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the big difference between like Rancher OS and K3OS was like Rancher OS is like it was it's just 110% Docker. I mean it's it's actually we went very aggressive and did a lot of kind of crazy things to make everything run in Docker. And it was very experimental. Um, and we have you know and Rancher OS continues to do well. We have a good user base and and it kind of it just does one thing well. It just runs Docker. Um, and so we didn't make it didn't make sense to kind of take that product, which is so heavily oriented towards Docker and the Docker experience, and then say like, you know, now let me build a Kubernetes native thing. So that's why we ended up with two different things. We have K3OS and RanchOS. Um, as we continue to work on K3OS, the intention is actually to merge the technology stack, but we'll probably keep two distinct user experiences. It's like if you just, because RanchOS works really well as the single node Docker, like just run some containers. Right. Um, and so people use it. it. It integrates really well. Like we've seen it. People really love it for like, I have Terraform, I set up a node and in the user data, I basically put a cloud config that has, you know, run these three containers. And and so it's just kind of like this bootstrap layer of your container environment. In container environment. Um, and so that's just worked really well. And so we continue to, we'll continue to support that use case. But K3OS is actually geared towards being this completely hands-off headless it doesn't really have any configuration to it because it's designed to plug into a cluster and then be managed by the cluster so it's 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 really a different product yeah um is it is okay so k3 os automatically comes with k3s right like it yeah yeah yeah. so they're they're bundled together and uh i'm assuming they're running on top of container d Yes, everything is container D. Like that's um, so K3S. We we bundle in container D. Um, big fans. I mean, huge, huge, huge fans of container D. Um, but you can technically with K3S run any like you know you could run it with just regular Docker or even Cryo or you know something right. else. Right. Um, uh, but we do bundle in container D. And so K3OS is just it's K3S, and then it just pretty much just adds the uh, kernel. The init system, um, and that's that's you know, 
that's about it. And it's and what we did was we built all, all the user space for K3OS is built off of Alpine too. So the OS is just like super simple. It's really just a series of Docker builds and shell scripts. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's there's really not a lot to it because you know most of this most of the heavy heavy lifting is kind of being done by Kubernetes or the Linux kernel. Right. And so this isn't. So you mentioned earlier. Um, so K3D. Uh, technically runs K3S inside a Docker, not on mm-hmm. top of K- K- K3OS, right? Like, so yeah, so yeah. If I, yeah. if I want local stuff just to play with K3S, I can either install it natively or I could look at something like K3D to get it on my Mac or Windows machine. Is that how I would do it? Yeah, so so K3 so K3D is kind of your your best route for just running K3S on your laptop. Yeah, it's it's great for development, and so it's going to use Docker to actually. So it puts the whole cluster inside of a Docker container, which yeah, is great. It's, it's, it's up really cool. fast. You can delete it really easily. It's pretty cool. Container um, inception. Yeah, but if you're if you're looking to deploy K3S like out on a server, um, just use our. The, the best way to install is really just with a curl install script. You just, you know, kind of like the same way you can do with Docker. You just curl the, the git.k3s.io, yeah. um, pipe it to shell. And all it does is it puts one bi- it puts a binary in place and sets up systemd or openrc. Uh, and then you're, you're just good to go. Yeah. So on the page there, just that, that one liner, yeah. you know, and it takes about, you know, it's less than 30 seconds. You'll have a running Kubernetes. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty great. Yeah, um, and we'll 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 hopefully start getting um, native OS packages. Uh, as like I I know like the Alpine guys have already picked up they they package uh, K3S, but we're you know we're kind of the way we've put together K3S. It's it's should be pretty friendly to the OS OS packages. All right, and yeah. uh, we got some questions um, related to this. So one one of them was. Uh, any tools out there to get network usage and system application performance in K3S? It's a pretty specific one. Right. So, like, this is start getting up a little bit of higher level of, like, um, when you start looking at the... So, uh, this is not... So, K3S is just pretty much the Kubernetes distribution. So, now you're getting a kind of a little next up the stack of, like, how do I monitor it and everything. And so... Um, Basically, once you have K3S installed in our docs, there's information on on uh, how you can install basically the the metric server, uh, and then you can put in Prometheus, uh, and then Prometheus will start basically monitoring. Uh, we'll grab all the stats from Kubernetes, but uh, one of the things it's, it's like I don't know if you want to talk about Rio. So Rio, yeah. that's the next question. Actually, but yeah, let's do it ends up solving some of these problems is the is Rio is kind of addressing like, so K3S is like, I need a Kubernetes cluster. Now the next step is like, I need to run something on it. And so that's what Rio is trying to uh, address is, is the tagline is it's a micro pass for Kubernetes. Um, it's, it's just kind of like all the functionality that you would need to run an application on Kubernetes. And so it leverages, um, service mesh and a lot of uh, components from the ecosystem but, but basically uh, with Rio it's completely Kubernetes native you can still use kubectl we also have a CLI that makes it really easy to use but it, it's very compatible with the ecosystem um, but when you deploy an application with Rio you automatically get like let's encrypt uh, certificates you get a public DNS name you get it running on a service mesh so you get automatic 
uh, monitoring of all of the the metrics, you know, all of the HTTP and TCP level metrics. So you know, like how healthy your applications, it does auto scaling, it does automatic builds based off of Git triggers, like that regular PaaS flow, um, if you want. Um, so it's just, it's just like a gigantic toolbox of like, it, of all these things. And so it's a very simple user experience. It honestly, it, it pulls a lot from kind of my love for Docker and Docker Compose. Right. Um, and so it kind of builds a little bit on that that type of u- that user experience, but tries to still be uh, compatible with the Kubernetes world, like not too foreign and not too different. Um, but this but this ends up solving a lot of those, those problems of like, once I have a cluster, how do I run an application? Yeah. So, so when you install Rio, you'll you'll already get like Prometheus and Grafana deployed, and dashboards and and stuff like that. Um, and the related question uh, from the same person here on YouTube was, what are the advantages of K3s over Rio? As Rio is a lightweight PaaS two. <laughs> yeah. So Rio. So the, so the the funny thing about K3S actually came from Rio. That's what I was saying. Like I never, we never actually intended it to be its own thing is when we built Rio, we're like, at first I was just, I built this full stack solution of just like, this is the easiest way to run applications. But then I realized it was too much. So we broke it into two things of like, let's give a simple distribution and then a simple application layer. And the application layer can run on any Kubernetes. So Rio works so there's no specific tie-in that like Rio has to have K3S or or vice versa. So Rio runs on absolutely any Kubernetes distribution, uh, I, and then K3S is just a very simple distribution. So they're two distinct layers. Nice, but they but um, they work together. Um, they I can? mean they, they work they they work together in the fact that like I mean they 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 still follow the regular kind of Kubernetes architectural boundaries or whatever. So yeah. there's no specific integration right now between the two. Right. Um, but it's like, once you have K3S, then you can just very easily install Rio. So it's like literally in two lines, if you, cause Rio, you can install with a curl script too, that it's like, well, it's really just a CLI. Um, it's a CLI and then the CLI will install whatever install you need in the stuff, cluster. All the tools. Yeah. But like with three lines from the, like with three lines on the command line, you can basically get Kubernetes installed, a full PaaS, and deploying be deploying applications from GitHub that are fully monitored with DNS and SSL and and all this stuff, which is like you know three simple lines. So. I know it's a uh, it's it's not magic. None of this is magic, but there's a no. ton going on there, and it mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where if you don't look behind the curtain, you. <laughs> You could probably, you know, you could say that someone could go from zero to deploying applications as long as they know the YAML, right? Like they know other application YAML yeah. for, for deployments um, without having to know how each one of these is securely going to integrate and have all the certificates to manage the connections and the API. And yeah. like that's, um, you know, for implementation projects, th- that is like there's so much work in there that these uh, these de- these opinionated distribution tools are solving for us. And I'm really excited about uh, Rio as well. So, um, and that, did you announce that at uh, KubeCon or was it already out and you just talked about it at KubeCon? We, we did a very, so Rio, we have like, we've kind of, we did like a very soft launch. We basically just kind of like tweeted and blogged about it. We didn't make a huge deal about it. Um, 
So you'll see more heavy marketing for Rio. So like that was at KubeCon that we, we kind of open that up to the world, but we'll probably do like a heavier push and more marketing. Um, you know, basically, cause we've launched these project K3S, K3OS and Rio um, the beginning of this year and they've all done really well, which is good. Um, but we're also like, because they're doing really well now we're kind of scrambling to put more resources on, you know, turn them into products. And, yeah. and so it's like, uh, you know, we kind of kept it a little, a little quieter. Um, cause we, you know, we're just kind of, we'll slowly roll things out. So you're going to yeah. see a lot more announcements from us, you know, uh, rolling into next year about what we're doing with these projects. Yeah. It sounds like it's. I'm sure it seems like it's taking forever, but it's, it's like they're all slowly yeah. coming together where it's all going to end up being yeah, this, yeah. this uh, layer. I love talking about like the, the ops stack of stuff. In fact, my for a year and a half, all of my conference talks were about, okay, great. All these tools suddenly appeared. Now let's talk about how they all should be going together to make something useful that you can use in real yeah. business instead of just uh, the 101 blog post that we all love to write about this particular tool in isolation. And uh, it, it, it turned into actually a lot of work. I didn't, I thought it was going to be an easy talk. And then of course, trying to do anything in 40 minutes in a talk is always much harder than it should be. Yeah, And, and that's what we saw is like, as we started like selling like rancher to users, it, to our customers is that we're like, okay, well, you know, there's this rich, rich ecosystem. If you want this, you can pull in this tool and this tool and this tool and do this. But then like our, our customers, they just get overwhelmed with all of these things. And it's just like, so now they're just coming to us of like, Hey, can you just, packages really nicely for us give us the default settings like so we don't have to worry about how to make it secure and what's the proper way to run this um it's just the ecosystem is great but it's also just a lot for most people to deal with you know just so many yeah. things out there yeah and i, I feel like the C uh, cncf and this sort of the evolution we've had over the last six years um you know, I like to draw analogies because I'm, I'm, I'm an old tech guy. So I draw analogies to like when we first had virtualization and how the, in terms of infrastructure and operations, how this fundamental shift is very similar to that. And a lot of the same patterns existed, but we didn't have Twitter and GitHub and like so yeah. many of these other things that enabled what we now see. And back then it, we didn't have 50 choices for ways to deploy virtual machines like that would have been made it much harder back then. And I felt like we basically had three options. We had like um, native Linux stuff, you know, you had VMware and then Microsoft came in eventually with the Hyper-V and virtual service stuff, which without, and uh, you, you kind of already knew what shop you're in based on the existing infrastructure you had. If you were already a Windows yeah, shop, you, you yeah. know, if you're a Linux shop, you kind of, and it made, uh, I, I look back and I think, man, if we, uh, we didn't, if we didn't even have YouTube back then, like if we would have. Hmm had this level of, um, I wouldn't say competition, I would say just ideas uh, showing up and, you know, anyone can make an idea happen and, and on GitHub, uh, it would have been a whole different ballgame back then. And I think it would have taken, I think it would have made it a lot more confusing and harder for us as an entire IT world to get to virtualization if we had 50 choices. And I'm glad now that we're getting some opinions around this because this is, I feel like how we're really going to get to the majority of people, right? Like if you yeah, get past yeah. the Silicon Valley and the, the, the Linux geeks that we like to just sit around t constantly dueling with stuff on the weekends instead of going outside. Like, I feel like this is the, these are the stacks of opinions that people are going to go towards uh, eventually. And then maybe, like you said, it, it's all modular. So maybe someday someone will, pull out a slice of in the middle there and say, well, we don't need, you know, we want linker D or wh whatever. Right. So yeah, something yeah. Else. 
Um, yeah. So, okay. So you, this is a ton of stuff and uh, I'm, for you watching, if this is all brand new and you know about Kubernetes when you heard a rancher, but you haven't actually played with any of these tools, don't sweat it. Just rewatch this whole thing over. <laughs> go go search for uh, Darren on YouTube and I'm sure you'll find lots of demos. Uh, and what would you be your recommendation around if they're new to the rancher ecosystem? Because I feel like that's what you are now. Uh, yeah. What what How do they get started? Like, where should they go? Well, let's assume they know Kubernetes and Docker. Like, they know the basics of Kubernetes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like the, the the two main kind of entry points right now is is if you know if you're looking to run, you know, you want to be able to just kind of run or manage Kubernetes in production, then go to the our our range our main product, uh, you know, which is you can just find GitHub Rancher Rancher. Um, so go to the main product, and that's going to basically help you deploy and manage containers or Kubernetes clusters for production. It's enterprise grade. That's a great, great product. If you're looking for, um, you know, you want to do kind of more development or CICD or, you know, you're tinkering with with some Kubernetes projects and you really want to, you know, if, if you're authoring Kubernetes deployments and, and fooling around with kind of different YAML and stuff like that, then uh, then kind of go the K3S route with, with K3D running that like kind of on your laptop. Um, K3D has ended up being a really good, really good tool for people. I mean, uh, we've seen uh, most of our developers here at Rancher as I have ended up switching over to it. And yeah. So that, that's been good. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're going to start there at the K3S, and then that's when they can kind of start. What about Rio? Is, is Rio something that they should know Rancher first before they jump into Rio? Um, no, you don't need to know anything about Rancher. So um, for Rio, so Rio is is to me. So it kind of depends on where you are in the Kubernetes lifecycle because mm -hmm. we we do uh, the idea with Rio is you probably you should you should have the basics of Kubernetes down. You should really understand those things. So, but Rio is very focused on applications. So if yeah. you're kind of past the hurdle of like I know how to run Kubernetes and I have Kubernetes running, and that's honestly what most people are just trying to solve right yeah. now is yeah. just run Kubernetes. Um, but if you're past that, past that hurdle, hopefully, you know, ranchers help you got, get past that with K3S or, or our rancher product. Um, then I would look at Rio for, okay, now I, I want to, uh, now I'm looking at a, a better and easier way to deploy my applications and monitor and scale, you know, how to fit them into a CICD pipeline. Um, that's where Rio is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is Rio um, like if I'm an operator and I am or maybe I'm just like the DevOps person and I have a team of developers uh, that want to deploy to Kubernetes is is Rancher in that area where it's going to help streamline and help me solve that problem essentially instead of having to do it all myself? Well, so Rancher is very focused on kind of like the IT operation side right. that that's going to help you run and operate Kubernetes and manage it for a large team or you have multiple consumers. Um, right now, Rancher, that product is not going to significantly kind of help you with how do I onboard my end users and, and get them to consume Kubernetes easily? How do I transform applications and put them on, on Kubernetes? Currently, like the the product is much more focused on the the operations um, side, right. so that's where we're bringing in Rio is trying to address that problem of okay, how do I onboard people to Kubernetes and right. get get people packaging applications and integrating into the workflows? Cool. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Git 
uh, based workflows. We had, um, yeah. I think it was either last week or a couple weeks ago, the the conversation was all about GitOps, and um, mm-hmm. and I wrote a long newsletter on it because it's a it's a something that's only I think the words only existed on Google Trends for like two years. Um, yeah, and I think Weave maybe was the first ones to maybe talk about it. That they were the first ones I heard the term from, so I don't know if they invented it or, or yeah. what, but yeah. Yeah, well, they had the I, best I, I resource center them. on it, so yeah. <laughs> they have the best documentation so far that I could find. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it sounds like um, that Rio could fit that model of mm-hmm. basically yeah. implementing things through Git repos. And if you weren't on the show the, the last few weeks and you're watching now, you know uh, the cliff note there is essentially it's uh, it's it, you're using the Git uh, versioning protocol as a way to document and control your deployments. So that you you it's basically the single single source of truth, and for yeah. lack of a better term, and so it sounds like Rio could could assist that so that I don't have to make sure that my entire stack can talk to, to Git essentially. Exactly. Yeah, cool. So so with Rio you can interact direct you can interact directly with Kubernetes if you want and create your deployments. Um, um, you know, kind of figure out how things are going to be structured, your applications and everything. But basically, once you've kind of decided what your YAML is going to be, you can then put the YAML in Git, and then Rio will just directly watch Git. Um, and so, as you change it in Git, you can watch a, a branch or a, or a tag or um, or PRs. You know, as things are changing in Git, Rio will just automatically deploy. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I like automation. So when you tell me that it's just kind of plug and play like that. Um... It gets me excited. Um, yeah, because yeah, you know, monkeys pushing the buttons. Yeah, we don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. So these are. Uh, I'm sure you've got tons of projects going on. Um, what's the next thing? What's the next thing you're going to release that's going to double the GitHub uh, stars for Rancher? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got. I, I, I don't. I don't think I want to let the cat out of the bag yet. But I'm okay. working on another project quite right now. But we have something that should be coming out. Uh, you know, most most companies release things around KubeCon time, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. conf- conference-driven development. So we it's, do have some, we've got something I'm really, really excited about um, uh, that we're working on, and we'll we'll announce that at probably KubeCon. But basically, like, we, we think we've, we've, we're starting to get a very good foundation between, like, K3S, K3OS, Rio, Longhorn. We didn't really talk about that, but that's a storage, a storage solution that's existed for a while, and we're... And um, we're just, you know, kind of making that better. But basically, how we can pull these things kind of all together into a, um, into a, you know, a, a better, better solution. Um, so we've got, yeah. we've got a couple, couple things in the, in the works there. So, That's oh, idea. there's a, there's a, another one where we, we did talk. I have publicly mentioned this. Okay. There's another project called K3V. Yes. Um, I did see that one. So. Yeah, so that one that one is pretty crazy. It's pretty far out there of basically virtualizing Kubernetes clusters. That's where you can take a large Kubernetes cluster and then chop it up into mini virtual clusters. Um, so this was this is just currently it's a proof of concept. It, it worked out pretty well, and so we will be. I can I can talk about this one. Like we will be putting more effort to this and turning it into a a real uh, you know kind of a real enterprise grade solution. And this is for this is uh, this solves some really interesting use cases that it's it's almost it's very similar to kind of why you would need VMware um, for for some of our larger larger users and, and and customers. There's a desire to run very large 
uh, Kubernetes clusters because they can get better resource utilization and easier management with running these very large, simple clusters. But then from a user perspective, users want more control over Kubernetes. Um, so we're able to basically chop up a large cluster into smaller clusters and then give people more access to the virtual cluster than they would have of the physical cluster. So it gets a little crazy, but but the but the thing is, it's just it's a uh, it's just in a, a way to run Kubernetes in, in in more different ways, I guess. Yeah, I know it's it's uh, yeah. it's necessary, but also if you're new, it can it can seem yeah. A so this this one is like it's it's just it's a little hard to explain, but it's so it's kind of like you know when you get to that maturity level, then it becomes like oh yeah that that's that does make sense, but. But for most people, that's you know this is years away for some for some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel, it's it's a similar conversation I have with when someone comes up and asks me about Kubernetes, and then they start asking about like Kubevert and Knative and all these other yeah varied yeah. ways to do things. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and I mean uh, your comment on uh, KubeCon being like the place where people announce it, I feel like it's now like the operators CES, like where, yeah. where there's there's except for the fact that it's pretty much all about Kubernetes. But uh, yeah, that. You know, there's not a whole lot of operator-focused conferences out there. Um, Microsoft used to have one that was IT Pro only for a couple of years, but um, yeah. there's uh, not a lot out there. So it, it's uh, it's a pretty cool conference. Definitely a different vibe than if it, when you went to like uh, early days of uh, Docker uh, when it was a lot of heavy developers and uh, oh, not yeah. a, not a whole yeah. lot of us operators. We were we were the last to know. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, um, this has been a great whirlwind tour of all of the Rancher projects, Skunk Works and all. And I thank you so much for being on the show. Where uh, People yeah. can find you at I Build the Cloud on Twitter. That's the Twitter handle yep. right below your um, your he- headphones there. And um, any, where else can pe- people reach you if they're not on Twitter? Is there anything else you... Uh, uh, there's, the, there's the Rancher user Slack. Um, you can find me there. Um, Honestly, like, because I get bombarded with with quite a bit, so it's like Twitter's about the only thing I actually follow. Right. I think I actually like put out a PSA the other day of like, this is about the only thing I follow because my yeah. inbox is like overwhelmed. My like, <laughs> there's too many projects out there. There's too many things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, but just in terms of like Rancher, the you know Rancher.com, you can go to go to there and you can find all links to all of our projects and and our GitHub. Our GitHub is you know just GitHub.com Rancher. Um, everything is there. Absolutely everything we do right now is open source. Um, we have nothing in closed source, so you can use, you know, everything. So great. And I know that because uh, I get it. I get a, a new, I think a newsletter, or at least it's a. A lot of times it's talking about webinars you all do. You do some crazy yeah. webinars that are like constant. Uh, like if you were someone who wanted to learn via webinar, like there's some stuff in there that. Uh, you know, oh, monitoring yeah. on Kubernetes using Prometheus and like it just, it keeps rolling. Um, so I guess they can get that at rancher.com somewhere. I'm not sure how I got signed up on it, but yeah. Yeah. So I think if you, if you go to rancher.com, I think there's a sign up for like our newsletter. Um, yeah. So we have tons and tons of, yeah, kind of probably should have mentioned that <laughs> we have tons of like <laughs> material. It's like, I think it's all up on our YouTube channel too. Um, just hours and hours of content of, uh, you know, cause we've been putting this stuff just together because it's just general, container content of just you know yeah. what's the best way to do x you know yeah so and, and of course stuff. everybody's putting out container content right now but i really liked i mean some of the stuff you guys are putting out is pretty deep and uh yeah. and, and having visuals and webinars and stuff like that is always a nice alternative to to the blog post which is why this show exists so yeah. 
Thank you so much, Darren, for being on the show. And thank you all for the questions uh, and attending. We'll be back here next Thursday, as always, uh, live on Thursdays. Just click the subscribe button and get to click that little bell to get the reminder of when we go live. And hopefully in the future, we'll have Darren or someone else from Rancher back on the show to talk more about. I'm sure by the time the end of the year, they'll have more projects, as you heard, heard the little teaser there. So uh, we'll be back here. And uh, thanks for watching YouTube Live. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.